Hey everyone, before we begin today's show, we just wanted to remind you that Dr. Ben's new book, Designed to Heal, is out and available for purchase. To book Dr. Ben for speaking engagements or to purchase the book, visit drbenrall.com. That's D-R-B-E-N-R-A-L-L.com. Now, Designed to Heal. I'm Dr. Ben Rall. Do you know where the most amazing doctor lives? You may be surprised to learn that it's actually right inside of you. Yet, today's healthcare model is built on a foundation that the greatest doctor instead comes in the form of pills, potions, lotions, even surgery. So listen in, because what if the majority of what you have been told about health and healing is not only wrong, but actually harmful to you? One thing is for sure, when you work with your body and not against it, you'll begin to discover that you are in fact designed to heal. Welcome back to the Design to Heal podcast. I am Average Jeff, your co-host here with Dr. Ben Rawl. And uh, buddy, you, um, you, you, you know, you, you said this is going to be a, this is going to be a good one. Yeah. Well, yeah. So get excited. So what's up? Well, we've got we've got a great guest on, and we we like to bring on a variety of people. Although we are a you know a faith based wellness show, that 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 word wellness or idea of health expands beyond just you know. How do I treat my diabetes, right? What do I do for my what do I do for my headaches? Um, health takes on a lot of forms, um, and we've focused a lot even recently, uh, especially on our children's health and this environment that they're being raised in. And so we have a, a very special guest, Sarah Fields, with us today. She is uh, president of the Texas Freedom Coalition. We were talking a little bit here offline. She's also an investigative journalist. Um, she does a lot of work with schools and with. Uh, materials that are in schools, corruptions in schools, kids, those types of things. Um, but she's also just a strong freedom fighter and a believer in in freedom and medical freedom in particular, all freedoms, I would say. But um, so we are very thankful to have her on the show. You know, she's a she's a mom. She she gets this. She's in the battle. Um, and matter of fact, the reason I partly wanted on here is we were talking a little bit earlier. She's like, listen, I yes, there's things federally that we got to you know talk think about, but most of the change happens locally, right? Our local libraries, our local schools, our local school boards, those our classrooms. And we probably think that there's probably something brewing. We don't know even when the show will air. There's something, you know, but there's already whispers or a little stronger whispers of COVID things coming back and lockdowns and masking and all the mandates and such. So we've got to be prepared. But Sarah is a person that does this, has experience in this. She organizes things. So Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you, your background, why you do what you do, and um, we'll, we'll dive in here. Um, sure, yeah. Uh, so I'm prior military. I left the military in 2010. Um, I have lived in Texas ever since. I actually did not become involved in politics or anything that I'm involved with now at this point um, until 2020 in the in the wake of the lockdowns and the mandates. Um, that is when I joined in with Kristen Bentley, who, who at the time was president of Texas Freedom Coalition. Um, and, you know, we, we were highly involved in legislation during that time, could not get anything passed. We fought for bills that would ban pediatric gender modification. Um, we fought a lot of the anti-mandate, anti-lockdown bills um, and got involved with protecting kids and had a very horrible legislative session and this during is that Texas, time. Right. I mean, this is Texas, right? We're in Florida. Like People think Texas. Come on. It's freedom. Hey, you guys got it going on. But you that was not even your oh, experience no, I- there. Yeah. 
Right. I I will never forget. um, So I have a master's degree in psychology and I was actually asked to come speak at a uh, at a press conference for uh, Representative Steve Toth and a few other representatives who were there trying to get a bill passed to ban pediatric gender modification. And I was asked to give expertise from a psychology aspect of it um, regarding uh, children who we found there were hundreds of children across Texas who were being transitioned. And when I went, when I went up there, um, the first time, um, for, for a while, we were not even allowed inside the building because of lockdowns and the national guard had been called in and they had uh, the entire Capitol surrounded and you had to take a COVID test if you wanted inside, um, which I've, I've actually never taken a COVID test and I refuse to do so. So I, I stayed outside and protested alongside a whole bunch of, um, other wonderful Texas activists who, um, were completely against the lockdowns and the fact that we were not allowed inside our own house. Because that is the people's house. That is our house. That is not their house to dictate whether we need to take a test just to go inside or not. So it was it was a very interesting legislative session. It was sad. We did not get any of those bills passed um, that time. But this past legislative session um, that just ended a couple of months ago was a fantastic legislative session. And we got a lot of protections put in place for children. So. Were you intimidated? I mean, you know, sometimes I think people will hear this, and I, you know, and thank you for your time of serving in the military. They go, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. She's a military. She's a tough cookie. She's a, you know, got her master's in psychology. So, but I'm just a, and then fill in the blank, right? I'm just a mom. I'm just a, you know, I work at the bank. I, I'm just a teacher. And I think sometimes people feel like I can only do that. You know, I hear that with people sometimes say, oh, you're a doctor. So that I'm like, listen, no, I don't, I don't want that to disempower somebody. I mean. I know your group is very active in Texas. And so do you mind just speaking to the, quote, mama bears out there? Now I get after the guys because guys got to step up. But, I, you know, I got a mama bear on here. Do you mind speaking to that person that thinks, hey, I don't, what, oh can, gosh, what can I absolutely. do? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, I want to say that this realm um, is, is nothing like the, like being in the military Mm, mm. (laughs) in the military, in the military, you take orders, you do what you're told. And, you know, you, you kind of have that comfort of always knowing what you're supposed to do next. Um, and you always have, you always know what you're supposed to do. There's a right and there's a wrong. And I mean, there, there's, there's nothing in between when I was in now things are a little different in in the military, but that was, that was a while back. But, um, as far as me having a psychology degree, um, let, let me tell you something. Um, nothing that I was ever taught in, in psychology is being followed right now. Nothing in regards to protect in regards to protecting kids, in regards to how children develop, how their brains develop, how long their brains take to develop. The science is not being followed at all. And so honestly, my psychology degree at this point only gets me so far Mm. with those who are on the right side of things. But if they're on the left and they're the woke mob, um, they, they don't care. This becomes a spiritual battle. Mm. So if you are, if you are a mother and you care about your children and you care about your future generations and you are strong in your faith and you believe that God has put you in this, you know, in this world to, um, to protect children and to do what he has called us to do and to expose evil, then you can do exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Ev- all, everyone can Matter because, fact, yeah, go ahead. 
Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I just think, I mean, I think not only can you, I think um, we must. We just, yes. we're at, we're, we're at a, we are living in incredible times. This is an, this is an incredible time to be alive, but make sure, make sure you know, there's, this is, this is not a time for bystanders. This is, you've got to be engaged. Um, this, this, the, the momentum is such that we, we sit on a precipice and we need to engage. And I don't, I think, you know, we're similar, you know, in this probably feeling, which is I can't look at my kids, you know, my kids are 16 and 13. I, I just, so it literally happens. I mean, I can't, I can't look at them and say, I didn't speak up. I didn't do something because I was afraid or somebody might've said something or my license would be jeopardized or whatever the situation or financially affect us or whatever. I'm like, well, it, I have to, like, I, I don't, I'm, it's past that point. Now you now not only are you just, you know, a truth teller and, and a fearless in that sense, and you speak up and you speak out. And I know that you lead the, but you're also taking action. And so I, I know that there's some things that you guys are doing, you know, this, uh, particularly with schools and with books and, you know, so we live in Florida. And so, um, you know, we, our governor has, you know, passed certain things and, and bill of rights for parents and things, and we're trying to make some inroads, but, and I know this is going to be maybe trigger more triggering for some people, but do you mind letting us know how, how bad it, it, it is in the schools? Because I think some people learned a little bit during COVID about this with the, you know, we're homeschooling family, but, you know, they learned, you know, they saw online stuff. They started becoming aware of what was going on in schools. And, and I, but I think it's really shocking, but we have to realize it or we'll just put our head in the sand and think, oh, it's not that bad. Like you said, military, the, what you, the military you were in X amount of years ago is different than it was the school. Me and you went, the public school I went to in South Dakota 35 years ago is different than yeah. today. Right. So will you tell us what you're seeing and what we need to be aware of? Yes. So, uh, first of all, let me let me go ahead and say this real yeah. quick. Um, I, when I when I first entered into this in 2020, I had no idea what I was doing. I felt completely <laughs> lost in the sauce, but I did know what was right and what was wrong and what God wanted me to do. And I just simply, you know, said, "God, show me what you want me to do. Show you, show us what you want us to do." Because I know in the scriptures it says that we are not to partake in the evil works, but we are to expose them. And that 100% is is the verse that I've been using for years now, because I see that as a, as a commandment. And that's what everyone around me does as well. Everybody that I work with, um, as time went on, um, through the last few years, you know, asking God to direct our steps on where we needed to go with this. He has shown us things that I will never forget and that I know needs to be corrected. And this is going to be a constant fight for our children. Um, but as time went on, we started realizing things. Um, gosh, I mean, where do you even want to start? Um, for example, in the, in the public school libraries, um, just in our, in Smith County, where I live in, uh, here in Texas, just in our County alone, we found over 300 pornographic books just in our uh, independent school district, wow. over 300 pornographic books. And when I say pornographic books, I don't mean just photos of mm. naked adults. Mm. I'm talking about photos of naked children. So you have pedophilia and I'm talking about full frontal nudity and I'm talking about sexual acts, children performing sexual acts on other children, children performing sexual acts on adult males and adult females, men and men together, women and women together, men and women together, women and children together, you name it. It is in there. I'm talking about incest. I'm talking about bestiality. We have found all of that 
within the schools. Sarah, I think and, doesn't everybody ask this question, which is how? Like, how does this happen? Right. So uh, there, there were two ways that we discovered that yeah. this was happening. First of all, many of these books, um, for example, I'll, I'll give you an example. Yeah. One is called All Boys Aren't Blue, which has pedophilia, incest, rape, um, sexual assault, all these different things. And they're written by George M. Jo- George M. Johnson, which if you follow me on Twitter, which is now X, um, him and I get into it pretty often because I think <laughs> that he, well, I think that he was an abused child and I think that he never mm-hmm. got the help that he mm-hmm. was supposed to receive. And now it is manifested into this book that he pushes on to children. Mm-hmm. And we have found this book multiple times in middle and high schools. Um, and um, so this book is an award-winning book. And so because it is an award-winning book, Mm -hmm. it gets placed into a bundle of award-winning books, uh, award-winning books bundle. So lots of times what happens is the librarians will see, you know, when they're shopping for books, oh, here's a bundle right here that says it's a bundle of award-winning books. This will be good. Click, and then they purchase it, and then it comes in that way. But we have also discovered that some of these librarians um, and teachers also will uh, choose to bring these books specifically into the library. And some of them have even used some of these books as curriculum or as specific writing assignments for middle and high schoolers. So books like All Boys Aren't Blue and Out of Darkness um, has become uh, has been put on a list of reading materials sometimes for the summer or for uh, a paper to be written. So some of them are chosen specifically, um, and lots of time open records requests to a specific school can answer that question on how that book book got put there. But more and more recently, we've discovered that a lot of these books are purposely being placed in the in the libraries. Now, Sarah, do you speak on if you if you don't? I think you do. Like so, there's these books. These are concerns, and I want to talk about some of these things. But then also, you alluded to it, made me think about this. You know, sometimes certain teachers um, l- are taking it upon themselves. I don't know the best way to say this, um, but they're, the things they're bringing into the into the classroom. You're hearing a lot about this. You know, indoctrination. You're hearing a lot about um, right. These, you know, people have I think have no idea. You're hearing uh, like in California, they're you know they're trying to make these laws. Or I believe they even passed the one where if the student wants to be called a different name or a pronoun, then the, the parents have to do that or they don't have to tell them and all these weird things that are happening. Um, will you, yes, will you, they're, they're will considering you, it abuse. If a, if a parent does not socially uh, affirm their child, they're considering it abuse. And then, then that can be where they could even take the child away. I mean, there's, or, you know, parents could yes. be, yeah. So, so this is like real stuff. This isn't stuff that's, you know, uh, conspiracy theory or people are making up or, or mountain out of a molehill. Like, when you just describe those books, and I've seen some of these books, and even as a dad and a, and a just a human, I I, I read them because sometimes I think there's even a part of my brain sometimes not so much anymore, but I used to think, oh, is it that bad? And then you read it and you or whatever, and you go, oh my gosh, it's worse than I it's worse than I thought. Like it's this isn't yeah. a hyperbole. This is so. How what is happening? What latitude do teachers have? What's happening in our schools? that we as as parents, if our kids are going to these schools, um, need to know, need to be aware of? 
Yeah. So let me just say this yeah. really quick. Um, I, I will, and this is a rarity if you can get this to happen, but when this, when all of these books were found here in our district and we brought it to the attention of the superintendent here, his name's Marty Crawford. When we brought it to his attention at the school board, he is one of the rare superintendents that went in and removed every single one of the books. Wow. He said, absolutely not in my school. And he also told some of the parents, um, myself, and uh, he told Kristen Bentley, um, who's the SRAC, uh, the Republican Party committee woman here for this uh, district, um, that if we found any more of these books to bring it to his attention and he would have them removed. So, but what that tells me is that this is going to be an ongoing problem until we, you know, we put legislation into place because regardless of how many times we remove these books, if we have a good superintendent in charge who is removing the books, there are librarians and there are teachers that will continue to bring these books in. And we have a serious problem. We have a serious problem with these books being brought in. Um, unfortunately, most of them are written by LGBTQ uh, community members, and um, it has LGBTQ indoctrination throughout a majority of the books. Um, you know, we also, we have a lot of issues with teachers, things that I'm trying to expose right now regarding, um, prof I have a lot of teachers coming to me telling me about professional days that they're having before school even started this year. They had professional uh, work days where they went in and they attended seminars and conferences that were informing them that um, they needed to affirm any student who uh, was dealing with things such as gender dysphoria um, and if the student did not feel quote safe that they were th these teachers were then instructed on how to hide these things from the parents as the school year began so we have a a, a huge problem with the public schools taking over the parenting and the what they believe to be care for these children and their the attempt the the entire goal is to cut the parent out that is the entire goal yeah um and yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I think I just I think some of this is 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 hard for people to hear because a we just don't want to believe it. Cognitive dissonance just can't be that bad, or we think, hey, I'm a I, you know I'm a good parent. I'm I'm watching out for my kids, and you know I know there's crazy stuff out there, but hey, I know we're 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 going to be okay. Uh, this kind of thing. I think yeah. if we learned anything through COVID, we learned that, and, and I'm, that old uh, quote is coming to mind. I'm sure you know. I think it was written by a, uh, you know, a, a pastor uh, back in, in the day. And he said, "Right, first they came for the Jews. I wasn't a Jew, right? And then they came for the social. You know, they came, and uh, but I wasn't that. And then they finally they came for me, but there was nobody there to help. Here's the thing." If you're listening to this and you go, this is ridiculous, this is crazy, you know, we need to do something. Like, there's people that are not yet uh, aware of these things, and there's people that are not yet, you know, you know, they're just they're just they're too busy, they're off the radar. So, so it really is a, a core group of people that are raising this attention, so things mm -hmm. can change. And and if anything, we were we were so complacent for so many years, right? We trusted, like you were even saying with the military, you know, you kind of just you follow the rules, and that's what you do. You don't really have a choice. I mean, if, I think I've heard it said you. When you sign up for the military, I mean, you're literally called government property. Like, it doesn't matter. I've taken care of a lot of patients over the years, even with vaccine issues regarding military. And they're like, man, if you don't, if you don't stand up at the very beginning when you when you enlist and, and, and religious grounds or something, then you're 
it's too late, right? You're you're lining up for their, they own you in a sense. Um, I think I've even heard, I don't know if this is true, I've heard it said before, like if you get sunburned, they consider it damaging government property, right? I don't know if that's just a joke or if that's yeah, actually so true. That, no, that is true. So, <laughs> so I'm actually, I'm actually a redhead and I have very, very fair skin. Mm. And um, at the beginning of my time in service, I got very, very badly sunburned. Um, and after that, I was actually required to keep sunblock in my cargo pocket for the, my rest, the rest of my time in service. And if I did not have it as on my mm. person at all times, I could be, uh, I could get an article 15. So it is very true because we are considered government property and getting sunburn is damage to that property. And if, which sounds crazy, but the, the reason you guys, if anybody, if you think that the government is going to do a better job of raising your children then without exaggeration, we are doomed as a society, okay? We, we just are. Now, there are, there's always going to be outliers. There's always going to be um, horrible things that happen to people and to children and to things that we just, you know, there, there always will be, there always was. But if you think that, if we think that's going to be solved by the, the, the government taking over our physical health with mandating of, you know, whether it's jabs or drugs or treatments or schooling or education and what can be and what can't be, just telling you it is a race to the bottom. And and I think we would have said five years ago, well, there's no way that could happen or that's not really happening. Now it is like, uh, a matter of fact, I think it's just a matter of how fast is it going to happen. There's whispers already happening, Sarah, here of, you know, um, the next COVID, you know, lockdowns and, and masks and the new variants and all the things that I think everybody kind of suspected were, were, were going to happen. What can we do as a people, as a, as moms and dads, as uh, citizens here? I know you're also very, you know, uh, you know, based in Constitution and, and and rights. Can you give us a little kind of 101 that you alluded to that when you're talking about the Capitol, right? And it's it's not it's our house, it's not theirs, and these types of things. But right. so many of us have been so conditioned not to think that way that that feels weird, right? It's like people that think they can't say no to the doctor. I'm like, listen, you can say no to the doctor. <laughs> you don't have to do what they say. You don't have to take their drugs. You don't have to take their, you don't. Um, so right. can you give us some, some, just some, you know, some, some help and on, on, on seeing this and how maybe we should be looking at this as we get ready to go into this, this next fall and depending on what happens. Yeah. So, um, one of my favorite sentences is actually, um, no, no is a complete sentence because it is, um, all you have to do is say no. And that's, you know, that that's what I've been kind of preaching for years now. Um, in regards to, uh, on a local level, um, I have found that it is very important to get involved on on a local level, um, which is why, uh, I'm a, I'm a state delegate and I, I work, um, a lot during my, in my own district, in my own precinct. Um, because I mean, this is, this is where we need to bring our fight because that is exactly how the left started. You know, like you said earlier, we were complacent. Complacency was our downfall because I promise you the left and the woke, the, the woke, um, the ones who have infiltrated our schools and the TV shows and the, the, the curriculum and everything around us, it didn't start on a high level. It didn't start on, it didn't start on a federal level. It didn't start even on a state level. It started locally. 
They came in to our school boards. They came into our city councils. They came in um, to the the, pre, the precincts and they, they took over on a local level, which is exactly what we need to do. Um, so that's exactly what we're doing now. Uh, during some people get a kick out of this, but during the past, the last legislative session, we passed HB 900, which is the bill that um, is going to effectively remove the pornographic materials from the public schools here in Texas. Isn't it funny um, though, you, it, like we that we're even having this conversation? Like I, like it's very sad. What? Why? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, the big, the biggest one that blows my mind is the pediatric gender modification. Oh, that was yeah. a massive fight in, in our, in our Texas house. And it took days and days of trying to get that bill passed and, um, you know, having to have protections put in place for us as activists there at the Capitol and, um, those who were helping, uh, the legislators with that bill and testifying in the hearings because the, um, the other side, the opposition was so massive. There were so many of them that showed up, a lot of them from out of state um, that just were were unhinged and screamed and would, you know, they'd spit at you and they'd throw things at you. And some of the things that they said during the hearings were just absolutely out, just out like outrageous. Some of the things you'll hear in, in some of those hearings was just unreal to me, um, especially from the doctors who performs the mm-hmm. surgeries, who perform the surgeries on the kids. But it was the same for HB 900. I mean, um, some of the one of the biggest arguments we heard was that this is a First Amendment issue. It is not a First Amendment issue. The First Amendment freedom of speech does not cover you distributing pornography to a child. Mm. Like an and end of story. Um, and I mean, that's a really that's a ways- really good point. Sarah. Not a good point, but I I want if you don't mind, I just want to talk about that for a second because of course I'm a I'm a believer in freedom of speech. I'm a believer in you know these types of things. But I think that is is as simple as that sound sounds. Just hearing you say that, people go like because right away a person might hear this and not this, but hear that argument and go, well, that's a good point. I mean, I do believe in freedom of speech, so yeah, I guess we kind of. Have to allow that. No, 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 no. That's not what that, that's not what that was, right? That isn't how that was created. Nobody, and we'd never had this conversation before. I mean, this is a weird example. I'm just thinking about as a kid when I remember when I was a little guy and you'd go to the 7-Eleven or something like that. And it was always the bad magazines were behind the counter, right? And I'm just kind of, you know, just telling this, just thinking about this story. Because I could, they couldn't be out there for somebody to touch, right? They were covered in black covering or you know what I mean? Like you couldn't see them. Yeah. That why? Because right. we all knew that it wasn't okay, right? And and it wasn't right. good for, for, for our kids. And that wasn't, nobody ever argued that under freedom of speech, uh, a, a, an elementary school or middle school or even high school kid needs to be able to have readily available uh, pornography under freedom of speech. You have been laughed off of every platform ever five years ago for that, maybe 10 years ago for that. Now we're like having to pass a bill to say, oh yeah, by the way, no pornography. So that's not a, that's not a, a freedom of speech scenario, my friends. I think I just wanted to sit on that for a second. If you have anything else to add, but. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they always go to extreme and they like to use our talking points and take them 10 times further than it should go. So a straw man argument. So they, you know, they they continuously call us book banners and book burners. Um, My response to that is there is not a single banned book in the United States. 
We are protecting children from inappropriate, pervasively vulgar material. But if you can go to a bookstore or you can go on Amazon or on whatever online and type in a book and purchase it and have it brought to your home without fear of being arrested mm-hmm. or, or tortured for owning that book, then it is not a banned book. So it, for them to call it a banned book is is very extreme. But then they also go to the extreme where they say this is a First Amendment issue. Um, and it is not. Um, you cannot go onto your public sidewalk with a with pornography in hand and hand it to a child and say, here, here you go. I don't know who you are or, or where your parents are, but here you go. Um, you you would be arrested for for providing pornography to a minor. It is the same in the public school libraries. It is the same in the public libraries. And, um, the fact, and, and now, uh, there is actually a lawsuit where there, the ACLU is trying to go after these bills. Um, and the, the, the lawsuit where they're trying to go after HB 900, they're using the first amendment as a form of argument. And it is, they're not going we're hoping that they're not going to win. We pray they're not going to win, Um, but we will see. Uh, But yeah, that was one of the biggest arguments during legislative session. So So, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, I was going to go ahead and go into uh, the ways that people can uh, fight back if they, if, you know, on a local level, you know, like kind of what we did. Oh, I, I, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say everyone would get a kick out of this. One of the ways that we got HB 900 passed is uh, Kristen Bentley again. So I I worked with her in Texas Freedom Coalition. She used to be the president. She's past presidency of Texas Freedom Coalition over to me and she's now committee woman. And she sat on the, as the committee chair for stop sexualizing Texas kids. Um, and her entire method of getting this bill passed was ex- number one was exposure because, like you said earlier, not a lot of people know that these books exist, especially if you're if you're not present online. Mm. If you don't get on, you know, Twitter or X, whatever it's called now, Facebook and all these different social media, you know, social media has sure. kind of taken over the actual media at this point with uh, telling us things that we wouldn't otherwise know. And yeah. and if you're not present, you're not on there, you don't see these things. And it is very hard to believe. It's hard to believe that anyone would do, do yeah. such a thing to a child. Um, so her number one goal was exposure. And so she took a copy, um, an expert from a dirty book, um, I believe Monday through Friday, every single day during legislative session and had it sent to every single legislator in the Texas House, every single Democrat, every single Republican, every single day until we got that bill passed. Huh. Um, and it was very effective because there were so many, including Democrats. Um, there was a specific Democrat, her name Sean Theory, um, who was receiving some of these copies of these books. And once she read some of them, she was appalled. She was absolutely disgusted. She said, oh my gosh, she said, my mind has changed because she thought that yeah. we were banning books. She thought that we were, you know, just extremists, you know, domestic terrorists, like they like to call us. Right. And she saw these books and she said, no, this is not okay. This is inappropriate. And her and uh, I believe it was 13 other Democrats were able to be brought to our side of this um, and uh, vote yes for HB 900 so that we could get it passed. So it was very effective. So exposure and showing people what is in these books, don't even let them look away, put it in their face. That's what mm-hmm. we have to do to, you, to, you know, to say, look, yeah. tell me right now, do you think this is appropriate yeah. for a child? 
you know, Sarah, I had somebody ask me the other day, a good friend of mine, and, and um, he doesn't have children, but he had just asked me, you know, he had asked me something like, you ever just want to throw your hands up in the air, Ben, just kind of like, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Just check out, not really keep fighting. And I said, I, I know what you're saying. I said, I'll tell you what keeps me going is the fact that I have children and yeah. I, I need to, like, I can't in good conscience stop this. Something changes when, I'm not saying everybody that has it, but once you have children, you just, you start, you ask yourself that question in a different way, right? You see it and you go, my goodness, no, of course I don't want my kids seeing this stuff. I'll, if, if I uh, certainly wouldn't need to control somebody else's kids being able to see it. If I believe that's what they need to see, I'll do that in my own home or something like that. But, but it's just something changes. And so as you're listening to Sarah talk, you know, sometimes you have to just ask, or maybe you're a, a grandparent now. Maybe you're not, you know, in, the, in your kiddos. Maybe you go to private school. Maybe you homeschool. So you think, oh, hey, I don't have to worry about this. Well, sure, your kids aren't at the school, though you guys are even now going into public libraries because, yeah, I don't expect my kids to be able to check out a, a pornographic magazine from the library any more than I want them getting it at the school. You know what I mean? These are public places. And so I just want to encourage people as you're listening to this, don't just because it seemingly doesn't affect you, what it does affect is our future. It affects the cultural fabric that our kiddos are going to be in. And, and if they become desensitized or, or sensitized, whatever the way of saying that is, we have a real problem on our hands and 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 the the line keeps moving and we're going to we could have a culture that nobody is I mean sure there's some people that I'm not I don't know how to help them but like majority of people like you said those 13 you know in this instance democrats that came over to that side most people are not okay with children being exposed to pornographic materials those that are okay with that I don't know how to help them I I really don't I mean that I don't know what to do there um, but for everybody else, I think we really can. If we can agree on that, I don't know where we're headed, right? So um, just get in the game, help support people, and listen to them. So yeah, so 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 go on. I know you were, were were talking about some stuff there. So yeah, what's the next thing that you're up to? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, in, in response to what you just said, yeah. I mean, we we the 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 goal the post has continued to move. Um, where does the line get drawn? And and the, and it keeps moving you know, further and further back. And this is a huge problem. You know, so many, I've actually heard um, mostly leftists say, you know, these are not your children. Why do you care? You know, you just need them alone. It's not your business. Okay. Well, the problem is that you made it our business when you, you came after our children, you know, and so they started this. But the other thing is that we have, I believe, a moral obligation and duty to protect children in general. That is what uh, God has called us to do. That is what God uh, would do. And we have a obligation to protect children um, because they are the defenseless. And um, here's the issue is that if you were walking down the road and you saw a child that was, you know, being taken, kidnapped, um, or, you know, uh, having other nefarious things done to that child, would you intervene or would you walk away? And of, of course you would want to intervene because you're physically seeing it with your eyes. You would intervene um, because you're in your mind. You're like, I have to protect that child. These books, these pornographic books rape the minds of children. And I can tell you that confidently from um, a psychology point of view and even from just a common sense point of view. You don't need a degree to know that you should not be showing uh, images of rape to a to a 10 year old child. But here we are. 
and to intervene and to you know get into the fight to protect these kids is is so so important so i i truly believe that um we we have to do everything we can to protect these kids because anyone who knows about this and continues to do it um at this point i i i have nothing to say to them they're pedophiles in my eyes um well, yeah. and that's where that's where i stand on that what do you yeah so uh you know as we kind of uh, kind of get some other functional things here. We kind of wind down. So, um, sh- maybe some just ideas showing up at school board meetings, you know, yes or no, oh, yes. you know, like running for school board, running for, you know, going to getting involved in the PTA or I don't know, like what's your advice on that? What are some of your things you guys have seen most effective? Uh, most effective is, is calling these people out and yes, definitely taking their place, but also calling them out because a lot of these people are prideful and they can be, they can be embarrassed, um, because Mm. many of these people are very high on themselves and they, the, the public eye is very important to them. Mm. So calling them out and embarrassing them is one of the best things you can do. Um, so yes, attend your school board meetings and call them out, call them out by name. Mm. That is what I do at the at the board meetings at the public library and the school board. Call them out by name. Tell them what they have done. Do your research. Write open records requests. It is so simple. Mm. I, I cannot I cannot uh, stress this enough. Writing an open re- records request is so much more simple than people think. Um, tonight, or actually, I think tomorrow, um, my organization is sending out a toolkit um, to anybody who wants it. Um, if they're subscribed to our website. We're going to send it out to all subscribers. It is going to provide instructions on how to audit audit your uh, local school library. It's going to provide instructions on, it's going to pro- give you a list on what books to search for. Um, it will give you excerpts, experts, bleh, I can't even say the word experts, so you can see what is in those mm-hmm. books. So then you can take that material, you can take it to your, uh, your board meeting and read it to them or show them, you know, or uh, request to have it removed because it is inappropriate for children. We're going to provide them a toolkit on how to do all of those things. Also, how to audit your public library and then what to do if you find these books in your public library as well. What do you, I'm just curious, I, I don't know your journey on this. So, you know, as you've made a stand, because I think there's this, there's this public fear people have, you know, I'm going to be, um, you know, I'm going to be on the school board meeting and there's videos and I'm going to be, you know, sharing and I'm not good at public speaking and, you know, something like that. Or maybe another one is, what are people going to think of me, right? Now we have maybe our tribes, like you were said earlier, you know, the people that you surround yourself with, but anytime you put yourself out there, you have the haters, you have the people that, you know, and and, and that's by design even. I mean, they've dividing us and things like that. And that's almost to help to self-censor us so we don't speak up, we don't raise our hand, we don't say our, state our beliefs or our, our assertions. Um, have you have you experienced that with friends and family? And if so, do you have any um, advice for those? Because every some people have different personalities. I'm more of a challenger. It doesn't bother me. I don't. It doesn't bother me. I'm a chiropractor. We've been called quacks since before I was born. So I just <laughs> I just go. You know what I mean? It's like I'm thankful now. Back in the day, yeah. it used to kind of bother me, but I'm like, no, I'm glad I've been called the quack my whole life because it forced me to have to understand where I stand and why I know what I know and why I believe what I believe. But a lot of people have never really had to be in this fight. They've lived their whole life trying to hide and not ruffle the feathers and rock the boat and just want to get by. So do you have any either, you know, kind of personal experiences and then some maybe advice for people that are, that are listening? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm on kind of a more of a public eye level because with my investigative journalism, um, especially with my social media presence, it's kind of it's it's created a following. So I probably have a little bit more attention drawn to a lot of the stories that I expose than most most do uh, other activists, local activists do. Um and, and honestly, like you, I don't care. I wear it as a badge of honor um, because because that I mean, because it's true. I mean, get into your scripture and read about what God yeah. would have you to do, um, because if you know that this is your calling and you know that this is what God is calling you to do, you know, um, I'm trying to remember how that there is a specific quote. And I'm, I can't remember who said it. And I don't even know if I can remember how it goes. But um, in, in the face of evil, um it's basically saying that in the face of evil, if you do nothing against that evil, then you become a part of that evil. Mm -hmm. And I hate to say it, but in this world that we're living in, um, if you know about what is going on and you know what is coming and you will especially know if you get into God's word, if you get into his scripture, you're really going to know what's coming and you do nothing. Then I consider that, uh, being complicit. Um, you're going to find your most courage if you get into God's word and, and through prayer. Um, I have had quite a few family members write me off, not, not close family members. My, my, uh, my mother and, you know, my siblings are still very much on my side, but I've had, um, quite a few cousins actually just completely write me off and I'm perfectly okay with that. I'm, I'm all right with it. Um, the other thing is that they're, you kind of have to put a disconnect between you and the other side because there is a there is an opposition that doesn't argue, they don't debate, they don't talk intelligently, they do not um, want to have any form of intellectual conversation. They they are part of the mob. They are sheep that follow uh, you know the crowd because they think that that is where their identity lies, and it's very sad. But when you cannot argue with them and you can't have any kind of conversation with them, you kind of have to put a disconnect between mm. yourself and them. Um, and they'll do, you know, they've done things. I've had water bottles thrown at me with rocks in them. Um, I've been spit on, especially during legislative session when we were trying to get the, uh, bill passed to ban pediatric gender modification. That was, that was absolutely awful. Um, but there, there's no, there's no logic behind what they do. Um, and so you just kind of have to walk through it and just see it as a bunch of noise, um, and pray while you do so. So, but yeah. I'm, I'm kind of the same way you are where I'm just, I don't care. I don't care. I, I get called a bigot 10 times a day. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at this point it's words because words have no meaning to them anymore. You know, it's just at the risk of being a kind of a, a, a cheesy uh, time to share this, but you remember, you remember that movie we bought a zoo. You remember that movie? You know what I'm talking about? I think Matt, yes. Matt Damon yeah. is mm-hmm. in it, right? And if I don't know if I'm remembering it right or if it's that right movie, but he, you know, he, he, he shares that story about when he met his wife, I think, at the coffee shop or something, and he was real nervous. Yep. And, he, and I think that's where it says, um, 20 seconds of courage can change your life. And so yeah. many, there's so many people that you're so afraid of this something. And we don't. it's often a man. It's often imagined that if I do this, if I write this letter, if I send this email, you know, I'm going to be canceled. I'm going to be this. And and, and it, the, the reality is, is... It's often what people don't talk about is what it actually feels like to be doing the right thing. You know, what it feels like to get that bill passed or to get, you know, a legislator's heart to change or get those 30 books out of the library or, or 300 books and, 
you know, like that's that I, my friends, I will tell you when you lay your head down on your pillow that night, you feel a whole lot better than you lay your head on the pillow at night going, Oh man, I really should do something, but I'm kind of scared. I don't know. Matter of fact, I would almost go as far as to say that approach eats your soul because you're living out of alignment. You're literally living a lie and you know, you are, and it eats you up. It depresses you. It gives you anxiety the way to relieve that is actually getting in the game, okay? So, and there's others out there. We don't have to do it alone. There's groups like uh, what Sarah's leading here with the Texas Coalition, and there's some that I, I think God just, you know, he decides to put certain people on certain platforms, praise God, and and some people we just need back behind the scenes stuff in envelopes and 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 you know, licking stamps and, and, and sending emails. And so, you <laughs> and know, also, yeah, of course. Can I also just say really quick, it is okay and it is very common to be courageous but scared at the same time. Mm. You can absolutely be scared at the same time as you're being created. You're courageous because you're doing it anyway. You're scared because you're doing it. <laughs> and I, I'll tell you, there, there has been so many times that I have stood before board or that I have stood in front of a crowd of people because I publicly speak in front of uh, groups in Texas um, or, or something as simple as just going to visit a legislator yeah. and telling them, you know, what is important to me, especially if I'm their constituent. Um Every almost every single time, my voice shakes, mm-hmm. my hand shakes, my knees shakes. It it is normal, but you're but you're doing it. It is okay to be scared. I think I think there is a um, a, a misconception from people that mm. oh these people they are, they have a platform and they're you know they have all this attention given to them. They they sound so confident and you know, but in reality we have a lot of our own fears too. It's just like I said before, we're fearful, but we are doing it anyway because we know that it is the right thing to do. Amen. So don't think that you you can get into this and think that you're you're not going to be scared and oh I'm just going to give up because I'm not like you because you never seem scared. Yes we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I remember I promise I, you that we are. There was an old I don't know, an old t-shirt I think my wife used to have and on the back it said, you know, um you know, speak speak up or speak out even if your voice shakes. And I don't remember who that who yes. had said that, but to your point, I well, don't know either, but I love it. Yeah, Sarah, we um you know, thank you for what you do. And I know you don't necessarily, you know, I know you don't do it for the accolades or the attaboys, but just as a, as a fellow freedom yeah. fighter and a, and a fighter, we, you know, I thank you. You're, you guys are doing um, great work in Texas. There's a few, you know, states out there that are, that are really trying to get after. I know we learn from each other in our different states and swap notes and what's working and how can we help. But, um, you know, and, I, and for those of you that are listening and you've taken that deep breath after COVID and you think, you know, oh man, okay, things are kind of, whatever, some version of back to normal, whatever that means, because they're not throwing you out of a grocery store for not wearing a mask. I just want you to know that we're not done. And I don't say that to be a fear monger. I don't say that to scare you. And I don't say that because I'm prophetic. I just say that because this is the times that we are in. So yes, take a deep breath, right? (laughs) Get a good night's sleep. But then please, 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 for the future of our kiddos, please get in the game. All right, join groups, join organizations, get involved, start asking questions, find those great groups that exist in your state, or you may be the one to start one. I'm sure that Sarah's group would be happy to tell you how they've done it and what works well for them. So um, how do they follow you? I know you're in Texas, but they could still be on your email just to kind of learn what's working there. I know what's the best ways for them to stay in touch with you and learn, learn, learn from you guys. 
Yeah. So actually, the Dirty 30 campaign that we're doing right now, which is the same concept of sending, you know, dirty books to uh, elected officials on a local level, um, is kind of taken off on different states throughout the country. So um, it is being recognized across the country uh across the country so it, it won't the toolkit that we're sending off is not just applicable to those who live in texas so um please go to texasfreedomcoalition.com and subscribe to our email because we are going to be sending out that toolkit okay. soon um and uh it it will help you whatever state you're in i assure you um you can also find me on twitter known now as X, right. uh, at, at Sarah is censored or on Facebook, uh, Sarah J fields. Beautiful. Well, I know that, um, <laughs> there's, there's still a lot of fight in you. I know you got to run and go take care of your kiddos there, but, um, thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank you for your work. Keep holding the line in Texas and, um, we'll stay in touch. Talk thank soon. You. Take care. God bless. Absolutely. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to support the show, give us a five-star review and share it with your tribe. To learn more about Dr. Ben's work, visit AchieveWellness.clinic.